The following is brought to you in association with and from a proud partner of the Shining Wizards Network. Entertainment here. This episode of Radioactive Metal is dedicated to the memory of ex-Megadeth drummer Lee Raunch. Active Metal. This is Radioactive Metal, your source for news, views, tunes, and interviews. Here are your hosts, Snowy, Rock, Kareen, and Aaron. What's up, everyone? Welcome to a bucket list episode of Radioactive Metal. This is episode 747. That sounds pretty cool. And I'm Snowy White. And this is Aaron. And dear listeners, this episode is brought to you by the fine folks at True Cult Coffee. T-R-V-E-K-V-L-T-Coffee.com. It's coffee, but it's not just coffee. It is coffee that is handpicked, curated, whatever they do for coffee, because I'm not that, you know, versed on how all this stuff works. But Coffee Bean Occulta is the proprietor of True Cult Coffee. <clears throat> it's coffee that's made for metalheads, by metalheads, not some giant conglomerate, just a small independent business that can't stop making things. They love coffee. They were doing coffee pop-up bars before covid since COVID, they dove hardcore into the maker culture. And if you can think of it, they can probably build it. Um, he was mm-hmm. building amazing coffin-shaped curio shelves, like, like little like knick-knack kind of shelves that are coffin, and he couldn't keep them in stock. All kinds of fun stuff that he prints, just super creative, always fun things going on. So check out True Call Coffee, T-R-V-E-K-V-L-T Coffee.com. Go out there and possess yourself a cup today. What's going on, Snowman? Oh, hello, hello, hello. I can't complain. Um, it's uh, Monday once again as we speak. Just had a uh, awesome weekend as it's going to be reflected in our programming in a little while. And I like to think that like when we when we sit down and do this on Mondays, it's just a continuation of the weekend. I'm always, you know, schedule something fun for Mondays. You know, everyone wakes up and goes to work and they're like, oh, Monday and all that, man. Go to a concert, you know, and I've said this before on the show, you know, go to a gig, even if it's just a local band, go to a movie, record your radio show on a Monday. 
you know, it just it just adds to the weekend. So I'm uh, I'm I'm doing really well. Can't complain. Um, before we kind of jump into everything, though, I got a little bit of radioactive metal house cleaning today as we speak. Um, it is radioactive metal alum Michael Clausen's birthday. Longtime listeners will remember him as the dude behind the Winnipeg. Oh, all sorts of type of metal all wrapped into one culted season of mist recording artist culted we've had him on the show a couple times great guy it's his birthday today so we want to give a shout out and say happy birthday and at the top of the hop if if the name lee ranch isn't ringing a bell okay i'm really not going to blame you because honestly, and I just, we just, they just announced this today on the interwebs that Mr. Ranch has left us. But apparently he was a drummer in Megadeth before the uh, Killing Is My Business. You know, I think he might have played on their first demo. I don't remember what it's called. And he, he did some time in Dark Angel before they got signed as well. <laughs> so he just, ah, he was kind of the man around Los An the Los Angeles thrash scene that kind of helped it, that helped kickstart it, to help get it going. But unfortunately, he just never he was able. Yeah, he couldn't catch a break, and he couldn't uh, he couldn't reap the benefits that those bands uh, those bands would would have brought him. So. That's too bad, and our thoughts are going to Mr. Ranch tonight. I'm pouring, as a matter of fact, I'm pouring a Thunderball and uh, fruit juice or fruit fruit flavored water just for Mr. Ranch. I don't know if I don't know if I told you if I said this on the air or not, but not only have I given up beer lately, okay. I've also kind of given up pop as well, even the like the diet stuff and all that. I just, it just, there's just no good comes out of pop. And so, at our age now, I think it's time, you know, I've I found a a substitute for pop that, uh, or what you guys call soda. Well, okay. no, I call it pop. I'm from <laughs> okay. Western Pennsylvania. Okay, right, right. Well, I just. I I found something better for you that has like nothing, nothing in it in terms of unhealthy crap and all water. that. And I'm I'm enjoying it. Yeah, it's basically water, and I'm I'm enjoying it. So Next essentially, time, you're straight edge, but you drink whiskey. I drink whiskey. Yeah, that's about it. You know, that's all. The last month or so, whenever I've decided to imbibe a bit, it's just been whiskey with either orange juice because I was out. Or or more flavored water. Just, so you realize yeah. this is almost the same trajectory as Lemmy when he was told, you know, hey, he, he needed to knock it off. He switched from Jack and Coke to vodka and orange juice. Yeah, and but the orange juice has a ton of sugar, of sugar in it. So you've shifted <laughs> from beer, soda pop, whatever other atrocities 
to just whiskey and fruit flavored water. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's fantastic. The, and you know, it's the funny you'll probably live it. to be like 102. Well, I'm hoping. It's gonna be great. People be like, what's the what's the key to long life? Um, fruit flavored water and whiskey. Duh. That's right. That's right. And rock and roll, because if I live to be 102. Damn right, I'm still going to be rocking and rolling, strutting and strolling. So, so speaking of rock and roll keeping you with young, show. Did, okay. did you see my post? Um, did you see my post on Facebook? I, th- I th- thought I tagged you in it. Uh, yes. Um, remind me, though. Okay, so it's a music quiz, right? And I, right, I never right. do those things, right? Like I am not the guy that does <laughs> Facebook quizzes. But when there's a music quiz, I'm like, okay, I'll, t- I'll take that. And then this one is, we're going to guess your age by your answers. Uh, I'm like, ah, okay. So they, my age, they guessed, was 26 to 40. So they're way off. <laughs> but I, when I tagged her, I'm like, well, I guess it's proof that music keeps you young. And some of the choices in there, I'm like, oh, God, where's the none of the above option? These are <laughs> wretched. What is wrong with these choices? Come on now. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm we, with you, Snowy. Music keeps you young. And we might have to take these uh, to take this test live on the air next week. How does that sound? Oh, that'd be fun. Yeah, because you're going to look at it and go like, who? Like, there's a few of these. I'm like, I'm just picking one. I have no idea who these people are. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Sounds really good. Sounds... Really good. Well, before, once again, before we get rocking and rolling, um, it is time for the good folks at a True Cavalt Coffee, our mandatory metal segment. And I figured just in time for Mr. Clausen's birthday, why don't we drop a track from Culted, from their Vesper- Vesperian Synaxis EP. This is Dirt Black Chalice.
We've been very busy this week. Here's our metal fix. Hey, bro, what's going on? All right, so you remember we've talked about metal yoga bones on this podcast? Mm. Right, right, right. So, so the the uh, proprietor of Metal Yoga Bones, I cannot pronounce her name. It's something like Sasky Thode, possibly. Okay. Um, but whatever I try to do, I will butcher it. But the important thing is that she is like a one hundred percent legit. Like all the training, all the certifications, you know, could could you know do a corporate um, yoga retreat and pass all the qualifications. But she's a metalhead at heart, and she you know grew up near Vakken, and you know she's metal, so she's covered in tattoos and does you know yo- metal yoga sessions at Vakken. You're playing all this you know headbanging, do death metal and stuff like that. And she had a picture on Instagram, right? Oh. And she's rescuing an animal, and you know like how how adorable, right? Somebody po- posts a picture of them rescuing an animal now. Most of my friends, when they're rescuing an animal, turtle, they got stuck on the road, um, dogs, cats, of course, a bunny rabbit. Would you like to guess how metal this woman is and what animal it was? <sighs> well, for metal, what are some metal animals? Well, there's probably the most metal animal. Um, and not the goat, but the one that uh, Ozzy Osbourne gave a little too much of a kiss to. <laughs> okay. And and that is what she rescued. She rescued a baby bat. Wow, nice. And, and I'm I'm scrolling through. And I'm seeing because she has horses and farms and stuff like that. And I see her rescuing the bat. I'm like, okay, that's when you know you're a metalhead. Because most of my friends that rescue those other animals would draw the line at a bat. Most of them. A couple, yeah. A couple would be like, nope. I, Oh, okay. And like, I grew up on a farm. We were used to bats. We'd rescue the bat. Like, you mm-hmm. know. So, yeah, I just thought thought that was hysterical because I'm just scrolling through and I see that. I'm like, oh, you're so metal. Like, so metal. <laughs> you know. Uh, and, and a lot of bat breeds, when you look at them up close, they look like little puppy dogs. Oh, yeah. You know. Some of them are really adorable. <laughs> I've always wanted a pet bat. For years, I wanted a pet bat to the point where my parents had to keep me away from them for fear of rabies. Right, right. Because, you know, we had all kinds of uh, wild bats growing up on the farm. <laughs> I guess so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now, every once in a while in the city, though, just out of the corner of your eye, you can see something dart by that's, you know, it's not a bird, but it's. Well, bigger than a dragonfly or something, you know? Could be and a hummingbird, just... Snowy. At night? Oh, not at night. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Like bats are nocturnal, so yeah, yeah. So good honor. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah it's very metal. That's what I thought. I'm like, oh, we got to talk about this. All right. <laughs> and then, are you familiar with a bass player by the name of Jocko Pistorius? Jocko Pistorius. Um, not the name, but I have a feeling that I should. Well, not really. Like he's loosely associated to the metal world and very loosely. And I'll make the connection here in a minute. Um, but he is most famous for being in the band weather report. And, um, I think he even had a song called punk jazz, but 
like Weather Report was like rock jazz fusion, and it was turned up to eleven. Like this, this guy was just out of control, right? And and like um, like bass players like Flea have said that once Jocko, you know, came on board, he's like that changed everything. Like the instrument changed that moment, you know. Mm-hmm. And and it's funny when you look back, it's like, wow, yeah, we, we got a lot from this guy. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because I bought a documentary on Jocko a couple years ago now, probably. But I bought it because Robert Trujillo put the documentary together. Robert oh, Metallica. Cool. And I, you know, like I have always known that Robert was a fantastic musician and very, very schooled, right? Like lots of different styles, lots of different music flavors and stuff, but metals at the core of his heart, you know? Um, but I had no idea how many times he'd actually gotten to see Jocko live and that Jocko was actually a huge influence on him. Wow. Yeah. Which I find crazy because his style and Jocko's style are really nothing alike. Like, like not at all. And I'm like, wow, that's really cool. But, um, how how he kind of got involved here is Jocko, unfortunately, passed away at the age of 35, somewhere in the 80s. I can't remember exactly what year, but it wasn't from what you'd expect from a musician, rock star sort of person. Um, he suffered from, you know, at the time they would have called it manic depression. Now we call it bipolar disorder. And mm-hmm. um he in the course of an evening, he had um, managed to sneak his way into a venue, get on stage with Santana, play with the band, get kicked out, and then ended up at some all night bar. So he get, <laughs> he gets into an altercation. Oh yeah, right. Like he's rock and roll as hell. Um, like there's so many stories of Jocko coming up and just like unplugging people's bases, plugging in and starting playing, like while they're doing a show. I want to see this biopic. You, yes. you know what? You sh- you should check it out. It's it's really, it's really good because he's he's pretty rock and roll and the playing and stuff. I'm like shit, this guy. Like wow. Like there, there's a quote at the end. They're like, Chaco was doing this and this and this and this. He goes, and on a fretless bass. Fuck that guy. <laughs> On top of that, oh shit! It was great, dude. Oh yeah, like the fretless bass—he ripped the frets out himself. <laughs> like, wow, uh, dude, rock and roll. When I say he was wild, man, he was wild, right? So, anyway, um, he goes to this online bar and gets into an altercation with one of the other patrons, and the guy kicks the living shit out of him, and he died a few days later from complications from that beating. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I was just like, wow, you know, and during that, like his famous bass, the bass of doom, I can't remember the exact year, but the Fender Jazz bass disappeared, like just disappeared. And um, it turned up, some guy found it, the family was trying to get it back, the guy was refusing to sell it, they were trying to go like the legal route, and they're running out of money, and in steps Robert Trujillo. And mm. he, he, you know, took care of everything. He essentially is the custodian of the base. Like, I think he purchased it, um, but he purchased it for the family. But he, it's in his possession, I think, a lot of the time. Um, but, you know, Robert is 
like Kirk, right? Like he's not going to get something like that. And then nobody's ever going to see it. Right. Like Kirk takes his, all his horror movie posters all around the country. So we can all enjoy this amazing artwork, you know, Mm -hmm. um, Trujillo is the same, same way, man. Like he put together this documentary. He talks about the bass. He's played the bass live at Metallica shows. You know, this bass is still making music, you know, years later. And uh, like, that's, that's just really, really cool. So that's the, one of the main things I want to talk about was just that this Jocko documentary, um, if, if you're looking for something different, check it out because, um, you know, obviously it's a ton of jazz guys, but Mm -hmm. Flea's there. Um, Robert's there. Like there's uh, more rock guys than I expected that, you know, um, respect Jocko. Cause I just... Like, I'm so used to being the weirdo, dude. Like, you know, I can listen to Miles Davis's Kind of Blue and then put on, like, a Dillinger Escape Plan record. And to me, they're practically the same thing, right? Right on. That, that I, wacko. But, I hear you on that. I, you know, it's nice to see that, like, two bass players that really influenced me, Flea and Robert, are both like that. I'm like, oh, thank goodness. Uh, like, I, where it's one of those dog? moments is... where I can, like, breathe easier for a minute, you know? Ah, <laughs> for sure, for sure. Is this like up on Tubi or something? You know what? I honestly don't know if it's on Tubi. Like, I purchased it off of Amazon because, okay. you know, being a big fan of Jocko, like, learned his stuff over the years anyway. And then, of course, being a big fan of Trujillo and Metallica, I'm like, ah, I should just buy this thing because I know I'm going to mm-hmm. like it. And, you know, I sat down oh, and yeah. watched it. It's, it's really fantastic. It's great. It's a great story. Yeah, yeah. Now, yeah. continuing the Metallica news, do you know who a guitarist um, by the name of Corey Wong is? Uh, Corey Wong. What are you doing to me here, man? You're making me look bad. Well, no, no, not at all. Because uh, this is uh, this is kind of coming back to frame a point that where everybody thinks that metal is just for a bunch of, you know, um, testosterone-fueled knuckleheads that have no real talent or brains or blah, 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 blah. Insert insult here, essentially, right? Yeah, the old story. Yeah, so Corey Wong is a highly respected guitarist, possibly like in the jazz vein, maybe more the funk vein. Um, He is not known for any heavy, distorted guitar playing. He is known for lots of clean guitar playing. And he played in a band called Wolfpack. Um. It's like speed metal without the distortion. You might dig some of it. You know, it's definitely in, in like a jazz vein or like a bebop kind of vein. It's 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 really some good stuff, right? And Corey Wong's oh. albums, it's good stuff. It's not metal, but I enjoy it. But again, I'm the weirdo, right? But so Corey had this new pedal that was made uh, for him by the Wampler Effects uh, Company. And on the Wampler Tone podcast, they interviewed Corey. And they're like, well, dude, how did you get that style? Like, you have such a bounce when you play these chords and this compression. And he's like, oh, that's from learning James Hetfield. Uh-huh. You could not get further from the music he is famous for than James Hetfield. Uh-huh. Could not Sounds get further, good. right? And he goes on to just praise Hetfield and his downstroke and the technique. And it's great to hear Corey Wong say that because everybody right now respects Corey Wong, right? Like he's like the musician's musician and the people who 
are like, no, Metallica's nothing. They're going to have to eat some words and give that a second listen now. Because, like, Corey's just, you know, praising him. And I'm like, it's about damn time. It, you know, like, we, you, you and I have known for years that Metallica is something special. You and I have known for years that all the big four, the thrash metal, the death metal, everything that's, that's come in the last 20 years that keeps one-upping the last band. Those guys are talented beyond fucking talented, right? Like that mm. is not just musical talent. That is physical endurance. That is like being a, you know, uh, so insert sports here. Cause I'm not a sports guy, but like, you know, like you've got to have the endurance, the agility, just all that stuff to pull these things off. And you've got to be able to like, remember it all. Right. So there's there's more of a mental capacity there than anybody can, you know, shake a stick at. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Metallica does the Symphony of Metallica one and two and people still don't give them their due. And it's like, oh, like the symphony blends in perfect to all this. That should tell you the level of composition that went into these songs. Definitely. You know, like, like, like all for all these people that are educated music fans, they they should be able to tell that. Oh, hey, there's something like fuck, you know. So, it's it's just great to to hear you know somebody who who would be considered in that vein to be like, no nah, man, Metallica, like that's how I learned this stuff, and it's like, oh, yes, finally, you know. <laughs> Corey Wong, he sounds like your favorite musician's favorite musician. Like Pretty I've much, used that expression man. many times, you know, your favorite band's favorite band, you know, like that that musician that might not get the commercial success, but influenced just so many great artists. Yeah, he's know? he's doing and a that lot. That sounds man. like one of them. Yeah. All yeah, right. Really on. good dude. Really good dude. All right. So this is a long one this week since I, I didn't talk about any of this stuff last week. <clears throat> um, do you remember me talking about a book called The Girl with the Silver Eyes? Uh, yes, yes. In, in relationship but... to um, Stranger Things? Yes. Okay, well, okay. Since, since we're not going to get Stranger Things for a while, thanks to the writer's strike, um, who, if anybody's wondering, I can't remember if we talked about this live on the air, but... Um, I, I do support the writers because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm typically not a fan of unions in general um, because sometimes I don't feel that they're always doing the best for their members. And that's a whole nother story. But um, mm-hmm. uh, like when you think about the level of entertainment that we get from all these movies, animations, It'd be nothing without the writers. You need great storytellers for these great uh-huh. things. So, um, pay them with their worth. Like, like we shouldn't even ha- mm-hmm. have to have this discussion. You know, <laughs> we really shouldn't. But you know, whole other story. So, while that all that stuff's going on, um, the I, I'm like, well, I'm going to read the girl with the silver eyes again. It's a super fast read because it's definitely like, I think I read it the first time, like in probably third or fourth grade. Right. So it's going to be a quick read. It's a super fun book. If you're missing stranger things and 
you'd like a story kind of like that with a little bit of mystery, but you know, nothing's gory. Nobody dies. Read the girl with the silver eyes. Fantastic book. All right. Now, if you'd like something a little darker, that's also a quick read. Um, I found a book and it was, I think it was a Kindle only book. Um, it's called werewolf and W E H R wolf. And it's about, um, Ah. werewolves set during world war two, like right towards the end of world World war two as the allies are taking over. Um, it's fantastic. Like, it's exactly the book I wanted to read. And the author, she's written um, quite a few different books. I'm probably going to have to check those out, too. Um, but this is definitely wor- worth a read. It he- leans heavily into the legends of, like, the Dark Forest, um, the the Brothers Grimm fairy tales. And, oh, okay. Yeah, it's, it's very well done. It's very, it's very well done. There, there's a couple times where some of the phrasing, I'm like, yeah, I don't think they would have said that in German in 1946 <laughs> or 45 or whatever, you know, year it would have been. I'm like, but that's all right. Yeah, it's close enough. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, so that's that. That's that. Last two things. This week, I happened to discover that towards the end of the month of July here, um, there's two bands coming. Um, Woohoo! One of them is called Crowbot, mm-hmm. which I think you'd say you're familiar with. And uh, yeah, yeah. I'm like, okay, I think I, I've heard of these guys. And I started listening to them. I'm like, okay, yeah, this is pretty good. But then the other band, the opening act, the support act, the, the, the name alone had me hooked. Okay. Rickshaw Billy's Burger Patrol. <laughs> okay. Like, I already love it. Their most current mm-hmm. album is called Doom Wop. Doom Wop, I get it. Yeah. yeah. yeah right, instead of Doo Wop. And I'm like, wow. Mm-hmm. So I'm listening to this album. I'm like, oh, this is great. I'm like, oh, I wonder what other albums they have. They released an album at the end of 2020. That one is called Burger Babes from Outer Space. Mm-hmm. And it's totally sci fi kitchen kind of cover. It's great. I, that's actually probably my favorite album so far. Like, I absolutely love that one. So, um, just just by that album title, being an old school science fiction fan, right? and I like hamburgers and I like babes, and hey, you can't go wrong. Yeah, you really can't, right? And outer space, right? It's it's, it's uh-huh. all the things. But yeah, so check those two bands out. Totally worth your time. And with any luck, I'm going to try and get to see them here in July. So that's right my goal. And that, and here here. here here, herein ends my metal fix. Is that is that the formal way of saying that? Therein ends. Damn it, I'm terrible. Here and therein. Yeah, and everywhere ends. <clears throat> Underwear? <laughs> Who knows? I don't know. Right on. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, for myself here, before we get into some tunage, it was that that time again. As you recall, last year, Ninja Cat Productions here, which I am a proud member of um we put on a outdoor event okay just some local un- un- underground metal bands uh there's a legendary club here called the times exchange it's basically a blues club but it's you know if 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 
there was an equivalent, if there was a blues equivalent of CBGBs for Western Canada, it would be this club. Well, beside that club, there is like a, a, a lot, a space in between, you know, them and the neighbors. And the summertime, this club opens up the Blue Note Park, where they, you know, they, they fence it off. They put up a makeshift stage and a makeshift bar, put in some picnic tables, and you have outdoor gigs here in the hot summertime and all that, which is definitely something Winnipeg needs. Well, the, just this past weekend was Ninja Cat's second annual Blue Note Park gig, headlined by um, Hell's Headbangers recording artist Nocturnal Departure. Awesome Winnipeg black metal band. Um, one of the draws about that is Ninja Cat big boss man, Mr. Corey, Taylor, Corey Thomas, okay, who we've had on the show many times with his various different bands and all that. He has joined Nocturnal Departure full time oh as he's their drummer, so which it's it's, yeah, he's been in so many over the years. And on top of that, you know, he's a he's a dad of two and a husband and his full-time job as a talent buyer at uh, the Park Theater and all that. He's a busy guy, but he's taken on another band. And it's a corpse paint band. <laughs> okay, as our longtime listeners should know by now. So I was really looking forward to seeing Mr. Thomas all done up in some corpse paint. I get, I get to the venue. Unfortunately, I missed the first support act. I see Mr. Thomas. It's like, okay, dude, um, I don't see any paint. You're going to go get done, you know, when the, the when the main support? He's like, no, no, I will. The, uh, the other guys in Nocturnal said that they weren't going to do it, so I never bothered with it. And then they show up and all done up in their paint. Oh, man. Oh, it's like, oh, they must have been ribbing them or something. Yeah, I think <laughs> so. Know? They might have been messing with him and all that. So, oh, I'm going to have to wait for the next gig to see Mr. Thomas all done up. I'll have to take a picture and put it up on Facebook or whatever. It was a fantastic night. Like I said, Nocturnal Departure headlining. One of my all, one of my favorite bands anywhere in the world. Uh, crossover Thrasher, Solanum. It was their EP release, Mad Racket, a couple episodes back. We played an advanced track. Well, I grabbed the CD at the show. Really cool stuff. And our good buddies in the Death Metalers inhumed. They're, um, they basically, for me, because I miss, missed Witchmane, the, um, the first band, they were jerking the curtain for me. Basically, at the end of July 22nd, inhumed, who we've had Mr. Mike Mason on in the past so yeah and humed radioactive metal alum their ep show their new ep is dropping july 22nd so i can't wait for that that's gonna be one of those shows where yeah you can't wait to see the bands and check and hear the new tunes and all that but that's gonna be a social show you know like the room's gonna be full of friends so, yeah, the party will spill out in and out of the building and all over and all that. So it's just going to be a really good time. I can't wait to uh, to talk about it. We'll get into some uh, 
Nocturnal Departure is soon enough. Um, I hit the record shops. Okay. Um, I don't recall. No, I don't think I mentioned this last episode, but you remember the Dukes of Hazard, the I TV do. show. Uh, I'm wearing yeah, my Daisy yeah. Dukes right now. <laughs> well, don't yeah, we'll put it up on OnlyFans. <laughs> we'll get you an OnlyFans here going to help fund this program. Aaron and his Daisy Dukes. All, all proceeds to keeping radioactive metal on the air. Dude, I would love to do that. We charge $5 um, you know, to see the pics, $25 not to see the pics. <laughs> that's, that's right. That's right. Well, I ask you if you remember the Dukes of Hazard because like, I was a big fan of the show. And that, when you really think about it, that show has not aged well. Oh, no. Yeah, you know, with the... With the Confederate, and the car was named after General Lee and all that, and we know what kind of scumbag he was and all that, and it's just, uh, just not aged well. But I'm always going to have a soft spot for that program, okay? Because I was a kid, didn't know any better. Well, I was in Planet of Sound, okay, and sure enough, I'm going through their new arrivals, and I had no idea... Back in 1981, that there was a Dukes of Hazard album. Do you recall one? Okay, so when you say Dukes of Hazard album, an album, do you mean yes. more than Waylon Jennings doing the theme song? Well, that's kind of what I I first of all like I grabbed the I grabbed the record off the shelf and I say to Kathy from Plan to Sound, who's behind the counter. I'm like, holy shit. You know, the fucking Duke's a hazard. Okay, this record is going to be absolutely horrible, but I gotta have it. Okay, so... <laughs> so, I, so I picked it up, I took it home, I slapped it on the turntable, and when you say Waylon Jennings... No, the record starts off with the song Good Old Boys... Well, that's Waylon. Um, yeah, not on this though, because really? it's done by the the Hazard County Boys. I guess there was a really legal red tape or something, and all wow. that. I'm like, okay, I, I I know the song. It sounds like the main theme, but this isn't Waylon Jennings. <laughs> okay, basically, what this what what this album is in between songs. You got the the voice talents of, you know, Boss Hog and Roscoe P. Coltrane and all that. Get, get, get. It, <laughs> that's right. They're basically sabotaging the Dukes that are appearing in a, um, a drag race or a stock car race or whatever it's called now. So, yeah, there's, um, you know, there's, there, there's narration by the cast, um, uh, some of the cast are singing a song, including Down Home American Girl by Catherine Bach, Daisy Duke herself. Okay, and uh, this is one of the worst albums I've ever heard. Okay, it is absolutely wretched. I was playing it in my living room when it was done. I heard my mother-in-law in the other room. <laughs> okay, and did I tell you this record was horrible? 
Did she cry? Okay. <laughs> she was like, what was that? That sounded pretty good. <laughs> like, oh. Okay, that's funny. <laughs> no, no, no. That's no. really funny. Because <laughs> there's a bunch of, you know, that country hillbilly stuff on it and all that, which is right up, which is that that was her thing. She doesn't listen to any music anymore. Thank God, because I really don't want that shit in my house. Okay, but yeah. <laughs> but, you know, when I played the Stray Cats a, a little while back, she really dug that. So she's one for one, shall we? Shall we say so? Yeah, I had no idea there was a Dukes of Hazard album. Wow, wow, you know. And a little while back, I think a couple of episodes ago, I spoke about um, Cheryl Ladd, one one of the Charlie's Angels, yes. her album. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah that like I remember. Disco pop album, still haven't put it on my turntable, dude. And same thing with the Liesel Welchel from, from Facts of Life. Well, you'll recall me. Yeah, that still one, haven't put that. I, I'd make sure you have quite a few fireballs for that one. <laughs> and I have a feeling your mother in law is going to love it. Yeah, okay. Uh, okay, I'll keep that in mind. For good albums and CDs, I actually picked up um, uh, a midful here that are your, it's actually going to be kind of surprising that I, it's only taken now. To get them, I've had Motorhead's Ace of Spades on an old, old cassette. Okay, that has probably seen better days and all that. So, when I found a really, really good secondhand copy of Ace of Spades, I, I actually had to grab it. And it's just like, what an amazing record this is. Okay, I've got it in my hot little fist here right now. And of course, everyone's familiar with the title track, but there's just just so many great songs that we kind of, you know, this day and age where it's all Spotify and downloads and all that, people might forget like songs like We Are the Road Crew, The Chase is Better Than the Catch, Jailbait, oh, yeah. like they were all on the Ace of Spades record. You know, and we all so it just it just made for one hell of a listen um as well okay before i get into some of the cds here that i picked up years ago the very first time slayer ever came to winnipeg was in 1984 now i wasn't here i wasn't in the city i wasn't in the city at the time and i wouldn't have been able to make the gig anyways because it was in a bar okay a very a small you know low capacity you know hole hole in the wall that's what slayer were playing during the show, show no mercy era well goddamn, if i didn't find a replica of the flyer that was making the rounds to advertise the Slayer gig. No. It's like, oh, shit. Okay, I got to have this. After taxes, this rep replica flyer was 25 bucks. It's worth it. Okay, it's like, oh, that's... Yeah, yeah, for, for historic, at least in Winnipeg, a historic gig like that. You got to frame that, dude. Shell up. You got to. You, yeah. you got to. Okay, so I shelled out for it. 25 bucks. The price of the ticket 
to get in, seven fifty. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The replica of flyer is cost three times the amount of the gig itself. I had to throw that out there. Well, that you know, it, we we should be as metalheads proud of the fact that 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 moment in time has you know. Um, gone up in value three times the original value like like let, let's mm-hmm. just celebrate that for a second and then later we'll talk oh, about for sure. you know was it possibly <laughs> not the best decision but no it was you did <laughs> the right thing for sure for sure before we get into some music that came across my desk here grab some cds here um this was actually the first New York Dolls album I ever picked up just 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 this past past weekend I believe it was the uh, debut self titled album okay like with personality crisis on it on it and all that yeah that's my very first New York Dolls I picked up uh, Mortuary Drapes Buried in Time okay a lot of people are going to be surprised that this was my first Mortuary Drape um, CD so that's that's awesome. The classic New York hardcore album uh, from H2O, Thicker Than Water. I picked that up. And here's a lesson in always checking the bargain bin. Okay, because uh, Entertainment Avenue here, here, in, here in Winnipeg, like they have a huge secondhand um, metal section. And, you know, when CDs are sitting on the rack for a while and no one's buying them, they kind of, they, they, they got to get rid of them. So they throw it in the bargain bin. I found Deranged, okay, their classic Plainfield Cemetery CD, which I can't believe I didn't have this already. It was a buck. No. One Canadian loony. Well, that, that makes up for the, the Slayer thing, then. I think, I think it, it uh, balances out that way. I think so. I think so. And this record is going to be of particular interest to you um, because I picked up Psycho Circus. Kisses Psycho Circus on CD. No way. Yeah, yeah. I forgot. Okay, that's with... Okay, because like it's it it's it's makeup kiss, right? But was Space Ace and the Catman with that record? Was it a returning Ace Freely and Peter Chris, or yes. is it? Um, okay, okay, yeah, Psycho Circus was after the first reunion tour, right? And this this was probably bigger than anything, right? Because mm-hmm. it had all the modern production, all the modern hype, but then all the hype that they would have done back in the 70s, too. So that's when McFarland Toys was putting out the special Psycho Circus Edition toys. There were the comic ah. books. There were all these tie-ins. So, okay. yeah, that had Ace and um, Peter. And I remember seeing that tour and wishing I had... 
I was I'm so disappointed <laughs> yeah. with that tour because you could just tell that Ace and Peter just they just didn't have it. They were just exhausted. Uh, they couldn't keep it up okay. anymore. You know, it's like, well, bummer. Wish I hadn't seen this one. Ah, uh, well, that's 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 too bad. But 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 the record's been so far so good. I was really only familiar with with the title track, and I still have to go go through it all. But um, I really dig the reflective uh, cover. You know, going from the logo to the psycho circus clown and all that. When you angle it, and it was five bucks. Oh, you can't beat that. You can't beat that. No, no. To get us into some tunage here, dude. Okay. I want to introduce you to the band Gamera. With two R's. To avoid the copyright thing and all that. Yeah, yeah. This this awesome. Um, If you dig bands, modern thrash bands like Revocation, Warbringer, Havoc then you're really going to dig this. And when this record came across my desk, it's like, if Aaron finds out, okay, that there is a Gamera band and they sent it to us to play and we didn't, my name is Mud, okay? Yes. So... <clears throat> yeah, we have to play Gamera. <laughs> we have to play Gamera because I know you're a big fan, I'm a big fan and all that of the kaiju and so let's do it now for our good buddy Aaron here. How about the title track from the latest record from Gamera with two R's? This is Tedium.
So that was the aforementioned nocturnal departure from their Hells Headbangers recording album, Clandestine Thurgy, that was Dark Spells of the Infernal Spirit. And before that, man, I had to drop a track from that awesome Plainfield Cemetery record, which I bought for a buck. <clears throat> and of course, going over the, uh, you know, the title listing and all that, the only song I, I, I had to play Deathgasm. Like, that, that was the only one. Like, come on. <laughs> Anything else would have been uncivilized. So, fantastic stuff, fantastic stuff. Um, so you had this wicked idea for a discussion, and then you had me going, hmm, this actually, yeah, yeah, because, you know, the hard rock, the metal, the punk, okay, yeah, we're all, you know, fa fabulous musicians, very creative and all that, but it's no surprise when you see, you know, a... Um, one of said said musicians kind of excelling in something outside of recording and the stage. Okay, and if you're well-versed enough, you know, in various different, you know, various um, different pop culture ideas, then um, it's probably something that, hey, you know what? That would be really cool. You know, like probably the first thing that comes to mind, and it was this, it was this example, okay, that really got our um, our 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 creative juices going because it's the perfect thing, okay. Alice Cooper, the legendary Alice Cooper, okay. He traded alcohol for golf. And became this big, wicked golf addict. And we've thought over the years, okay. And I remember when my dad worked at a golf course. And we thought for many years, and mentioned it on the show, how cool would it be, okay, to do, well, I guess maybe you might have only been able to do nine holes when he's in town because, you know, he's got a gig that night. But, um, you know, he's no stranger to golf courses when he's on tour, you know, to relax and unwind and just do what he loves to do. How cool would it be to do nine holes with Alice Cooper? How cool would it be to be his caddy? And then while he's playing, just shoot the shit and all that. And then maybe afterwards have a true Cavalt coffee with him in the... Uh, in the lounge afterwards, you know, before he has to get up and get going to uh, to the venue. Kind of a bucket list dream moment. Exactly. Right? Yeah, yeah. So we thought, okay, what about some others? Kind of, kind of that idea of, you know, you want to, I don't necessarily want to say hang out. But participating in some of these activities with uh, with various different um, artists in that area that they kind of excel with, you know, 
So you got my uh, my uh, ideas going, but I'm kind of curious to thinking of what uh, what you came up with. Well, obviously at the top was to play golf with Alice Cooper, especially since mm-hmm. I have been taking up golf lately. I'm like, man, how oh, yeah, how right. fun would that be? You know. But then my next thing here, uh, because. You know, full disclosure for anyone who doesn't know, I was in a car accident quite a few years ago and I can still walk most days, but not always great. And I certainly can't run. So that's my caveat to why I'm going to say watch Steve Harris play soccer and not play soccer with Steve Harris. (laughs) Yeah. Steve All Harris right. has a, a, a soccer pitch on his property, right? Or at least he used to. Wow. And he was, uh-huh. you know, always going out and still playing. I'm like, how cool would that be? Just to be able to like sit in in the stands and just watch him, you know, just just pl- practice soccer because he's going to practice that probably with the same ferocity that he practices base, you know. Mm-hmm. And with this entire topic, like the obvious thing would be get a bass lesson from um, Steve Harris. Uh, like that that's the, oh, like, oh, yeah, I'd love for him to show me how to play bass. I'm like, yeah, but what about something that he, is his passion, right? Because like music is our passion, but what about those other things, you know? And so, yeah, so watch Steve Harris play soccer. How about you? What's, what's um, next on your list? <laughs> I definitely, okay. When you're in that position, though, make sure you say football to Mr. Harris. Because I've actually had this conversation with Andres Kisser from uh, Sepultura. Because they are, they were big uh, football fans, big, big, big soccer fans. And I remember running this idea by, like, do you think that... That you guys in Sepultura, you think you would be able to take uh, take Iron Maiden in a football game? <laughs> there's something. There's a little throwback for our long time listeners going way back there. It's got to be about ten years ago now. And yeah, he was like, "Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Those guys, you know, those guys are pretty damn good." And then hanging out with uh, and interviewing Max on his bus. Okay. And I could tell, as we're sitting down doing the interview, I could hear the football game, you know, on the TV above me. But I'm paying attention to what he's saying. He would say a sentence and then he would look up at the TV and he's like, okay, he's multitasking. I'm getting this this great interview, but he's still watching the soccer game. Well, once again, I made sure when we were done, you know, to look up at the screen and just like, oh, the the football game, you know, big grin on his face, you know, because he's probably so used to everyone in Canada and and the U.S. calling it soccer while it's football everywhere else. So, yeah, when talking with Mr. Harris, dude, make sure to call it football. Well, yeah, for sure. I think it would be even funnier if not only do I call it soccer, but I wear this great shirt <laughs> that I saw recently. Because, okay. you know, our Independence Day is coming up here in the States. And I saw this um, shirt, and on it is the the British Union Jack, right? The British flag. Ah. Uh, and the, the, the writing above and below the flag says, Happy Treason Day, you ungrateful colonials. 
Okay. Yeah. So that, right that, that that's that's my sense of humor, you know. Right but so, what's your <laughs> well, next thing? That man? Sounds good. Um, as you may recall, maybe it was last year. Like we've come, we're kind of taking a sabbatical from doing interviews here for a while because, like, I'm just I don't think I'm done. But just after 15 years of you know, all j- jumping through all the hoops and having to do this, that, and another thing. I was getting a little burnt and all that. But before that happened, you may recall I had a wicked chat with Nasty Ronnie from Nasty Savage. Yes. Okay. Now, of course, not only, you know, is you know he's in the Nasty Savage, but in the mid-80s, he was in Florida, the, the Florida Territory days. He was a um, a wrestling personality. He was like a bodyguard for the great Kevin Sullivan. And uh, so sign me up. Sign me up now. If, uh, if Nasty Ronnie ever wants to get back into the squared circle, well, hey, you know, <laughs> give me a couple lessons. And um, we'll let him do most of the heavy lifting because I'm sure he's still kind of got it. And I'll be his partner against a couple local scrubs here from Winnipeg. What do you say? Dude, that would be amazing. <laughs> now there's there's your OnlyFans. Well, you can wrestle naked. <laughs> <laughs> or at least just 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 me trying to navigate the wrestling match with some with, with, with some locals and the mighty nasty Ronnie. So oh. I feel that, that like that could be a huge charity event in your neck of the woods. Uh, yeah, if you, um, if Ninja Cat brings it and we put up a ring and like really, really sell the fact that, you know, nasty Ronnie from Florida championship wrestling and for the metal fans, you know, nasty Ronnie from the legendary nasty savage. Yeah is on the bill yeah it might it might work it might I, work I, I think it'd be a, a pretty good draw <clears throat> especially if he's if he's gonna right. wrestle locals that'd be even better yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> i would just uh, okay uh, i don't know how many bumps i could take though uh, at least i two. would have to <laughs> i would have to get i'd have to get back into game shape shall we say and all that, but I would definitely be up for it. I think. What you got? All right, next one: Surf with Robert Trujillo. Aha! Yeah, because you're a surfer yourself. Yes, not a good one, not even close. But I, I'd be happy just paddling out and trying to stay alive, <laughs> and hanging with Robert and watching him. You know. <laughs> well. Huh. At least you could say you did it. Exactly, dude. You know? Right. What do you think of the movie Point Break? Do you remember Point Break? Oh, yeah. I've loved it. Loved it for years. No, oh, okay. Like, I'm talking the original. With, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I did, with did, with did, Keanu I... Reeves and um, Patrick Swayze. Right, right. And Flea. And the, the Wick. Or no, Anthony yeah, Kiedis? Yeah. Or, or um, was it Flea Kiedis, and Anthony yeah. Kiedis? No, I think it was just Just Kiedis, Kiedis in that one? Played, okay. Yeah, he he played a thug that ended up getting his foot blown off in a yeah. drug raid. 
Yeah. Or something that that looked nasty. Yeah. And that wicked rat song, the theme song in the credits, nobody rides for free. Yeah. Man, I heard that once the first time I heard that, and I'm like, round and round, what's that? Yeah. Like this song is huge. This song's amazing. So yeah, yeah. Surfing, surfing the tree. Oh, right on, right on. Excellent. That kind of brings me to um to my uh, my thing, it's sort of ballpark, but um, yeah, hang, ha- hanging and skating with Pusshead. Oh yeah! <laughs> wow! Yeah, like he's the he's you know of course we all know Pusshead as the accomplished artist. Okay, um, but uh, yeah. He's no stranger to the skateboard and the skate rock scene and the skating scene in um, in L.A. and all that. And while I haven't been on Betsy for for a while here, it's something I'm going to rectify later on this summer. But, yeah, uh, like I said, I wouldn't. Well, OK, I don't know how well he skates anymore. So he because he's got a few years on us. So we might be the same skill level, you know, which is which is just fine, you know, because you just want to hang out. And just the stories the guy has, I have a wicked story about his artwork and in high school that I would like to that I would love to share with him someday and all that. So, yeah, yeah. Skating with Mr. Pusshead. Dude. Be fantastic. Awesome. All right. You ready for this one? Okay. Go comic book shopping with Scott Ian and Kirk Hammett. There we are. There we are. I kind of had that in the back of my head. Okay. Because I knew Hammett and and Ian are big comic fanatics. And so am I now and all that. But something was telling me that you were going to, uh, to drop this. Oh, yeah. So I didn't even write it down. It's like, yeah, Aaron, Aaron's got this. Aaron's got this. That's something that I would really dig to. Oh, dude, that'd be a blast. And that, that's well, that's one of those ones where I'm like, oh, how cool would it be if we, you know, if we could find a show where Anthrax and Metallica were to be nearby? Because you know they're probably scouting comic shops and record shops everywhere they go anyway. And then we just, you know, Try try to stalk them politely, <laughs> you know. But yeah, I'll make a phone call. Whatever. Yeah. All right. What's next? <laughs> what do you got here? Um, for myself, kind of, kind of the same idea. I remember when um, Arch Enemy came through town. Um, I think it was the last time they were here, and um, Huntress. Huntress were on the bill. Okay, and while I was doing my interview with the late, great Jill Janice and all that, um, unbeknownst to me at the time, okay, because I was off doing this, but our good buddy Ducky, okay, Dustin, who we've had on the show, he of shit happens and all that, him and Michael Amott fucked off to the record shop down the street from the venue <laughs> and when he and when he got back he's like did you get your interview yeah yeah right on jill was amazing and all that i can't wait to I, I i can't wait to publish it yeah i just got back from into the music with michael amott 
dude. What? Oh, that's so you cool. Fucker, you. Yeah. So, and and if a, if a mod's not available, like someone that you know, akin to him, pretty much any any radioactive metal alum that we've had in the past. Okay, because we've had a mod on the show as well. I'll never forget, like, the questions I asked him. He was kind of at the point where he was like, hey, man, these are some weird questions. Can we just, like, stick, like, to the usual? <laughs> and I'm like, no, no. When you're on radioactive metal, you get challenged, man. <laughs> like, this, hanging with me ain't no walk in the park. You know, <laughs> so he was a really good sport about that. And he was a fantastic interview. And, yeah, yeah, to go record shopping with... uh with Mr. Amat, like just ah, fantastic, fantastic. Well, and it's funny that you have record shopping on your list because record shopping is also on my list. Of but course, with the one and only Henry Rollins. Ah, yes, because he, we know. Okay, yeah, like a lot of musicians love music, but how many of them are actual vinyl connoisseurs? Right. You know, how many are actual, like, like you want to need that, that cool, rare vinyl, you know, and when you're on the road and you're seeing a bunch of different shops and all that, see, that would be one of the pluses about being on the road, because like I had the taste of the rock and roll road and the lifestyle for like a weekend, you know, and that was, I was done. <laughs> okay. It's like, it's like, no, no. No, 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 no. I know how this works. At the end of the night, you know, the band gets back onto the bus or back into a van with a bunch of smelly, sweaty other guys while I go home to my comfortable bed and beautiful wife. And, and you know, it's like, okay, that's good for you guys, but I'll take this. But one of the pluses, you know, and if you have the time and if you're a music connoisseur, you should definitely take the time do a little googling in advance hit up some of these record shops in different cities oh yeah you know even 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 the secondhand stuff because i've all i've always said you know check check the bargain bins because you find great records like the dukes of hazard yeah that <laughs> that that way so yeah that's and that that's, that's i've always been idea. a fan of finding record stores when i travel like, um, mm. I, I ended up in San Francisco for work and one of the guys I was traveling with, I'm like, you want to hit up, um, Berkeley? I want to try and find, you know, and I was listening to a couple of record stores like, yeah, let's go. And we just had a blast because Rasputin Records where Metallica played on record store day. I can't remember what year, but they had right. played there. And then Amoeba in Berkeley was just down the street from them. So it was great. Like two great records oh, wow. right there. And then like um a buddy of mine knows that I'm always keeping tabs on different cities and things to do. And he he was on his way. <sighs> he was gonna be in Tokyo at some point, which I'm so jealous of. But he's like, I'm hmm. stuck in LA, I've got X amount of time. What can I do to get out of this airport? And I routed off a list. I'm like, okay, go here. I said, you can go to the, the Rock, the, like like the the Hollywood Walk of Fame. You got Grandma's Chinese Theater. That's on the Strip. If you're on the Strip, here's the record store to go see. Like like I just listed out all this stuff for him. He's like, 
dude. Like he he had a blast. Absolute blast. But like that's the way you do it, man. Like take take your passion with you and try it out in different cities, you know? Oh, for sure. For sure. You you're never gonna you'll never know what you find. What you find. And then with that and even if you strike out with a lot of the the the, the places you have the story. Oh yeah. You know, I was at I was in this 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 shop and at this shop and you know and just yeah. Wow. wow Same fantastic, coworker. Fantastic. We were in Buffalo, New York, right? Buffalo, okay. New York. It's probably its biggest claim to flame fame would rather would be the Buffalo Bills, um, the Buffalo okay. Wing, and Billy Sheehan, right? Of the band uh, Talos. Yeah, and then um, later, you know, Eat em and Smile. And I think most people know who Billy Sheen is by this point. But also, Buffalo had a very thriving music scene. And one Ani DeFranco is also, you know, from Buffalo. Ah, Her right. record label, Righteous Babe Records, is um, now housed in a church that she purchased and saved from destruction or restored. It's a gorgeous old church. And that's right. the, the home of Righteous Made Records now. So we're, I think we're had to be in Rochester and Buffalo's not that far. And he's like, well, what are we going to do to kill time? I'm like, we're going to Buffalo. He's like, what are we going to do in Buffalo? I'm like, we're going to check out Righteous Made Records. He's like, really? And so we pull up, we get there. He's like, so what do we do? I'm like, I don't know. He's like, what do you mean? I'm like, I have no idea. I'm just going to walk in and see what happens. He's like, are you sure that's okay? I'm like, I have no idea, but we're here. Roll with it. Yeah. You know, and you could just see he's slightly panicked. And so we just find a door, walk in and somebody greases like, can we help you? Like huge fans of Ian DeFranco just wanted to come by and see Righteous Babe Records, you know, cause I, and I, could talk about the building because I had read about the, the the fact that you know she bought it, it was restored. I'm like, I want to admire the structure. She and and she looks at it, she's like, would you guys like a tour? And we're like, yeah. Uh-huh. And so we ended up getting this personalized <laughs> tour, walking around Righteous Babe Records and taking us all through the church and the, the performance halls and all these things. And you know, all because we're just like, what the hell? Let's do it. Yeah, the most they can do is say no. Exactly. And I still got to see the place even if they said no, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You can say you tried. All right, what's next? I'm glad you shared that story. I'm glad you shared that story, okay? Because this, I kind of have the same same idea. I I don't know how many artists, how many times, well, just earlier tonight, we played um, Nocturnal Departure. Hell's Headbangers. Okay, not only is it a record label, but it's a distro as well. And it's uh, it's a family affair. And um, they have, you know, their warehouse and their offices and all that all under one building. I've seen I've seen walkthrough videos, you know, um, of it i've seen the 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 insides and all that and this is actually kind of feasible because we've over the years we've had various you know we've spoken to some of the the owners of hell's headbangers and we've had various um their artists on the show and um so this this idea might be feasible but uh like to take a trip to cleveland 
Like, why would you want to go to Cleveland? No, I get that. <laughs> Maybe when the Jays, when the Jays for a weekend, the Jays are uh, the the Toronto Blue Jays are in town to play. Well, they're the Guardians now. You know, while we after we go to the game, well, hey, let's let 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 let's give the guys a call. Maybe we could get a tour of uh of the Hell's Headbangers uh, warehouse and offices and all that. And I'm thinking on top of that, how about some of joining us, some of the, the other radioactive metal alums, some of the bands that we've had on. Maybe Dawn of the Dead from uh, Nunslaughter. Okay. How about um, Dave Dave Overkill from from Destructor? How about going on a tour of Hell's Headbangers with those guys because you know they are connected to to that business and uh, and the whole Cleveland scene, you know. And then later on after the tour, maybe we'll luck out because Cleveland has a wicked metal scene. Yep. And the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame while you're there. Afterwards, yeah. Oh, shit, dude, I didn't even think of that. Yeah. (laughs) Seeing the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame with Dawn of the Dead? Like, nice. Yeah, dude. Oh, perfect. Perfect, yeah. So that's definitely on my, okay, not just the bucket list, but on the to-do list because I I think it might be feasible. I, I agree. I think that's very feasible. Yeah, yeah. What you got? All right. Next up, Fly with Bruce Dickinson. Ah, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because here's here's a guy that knows what he's doing. He's a pilot yep. amongst many other things. But you know, and this is going to sound a little crazy. So. Obviously, I would love to be with him, like somewhere near the cockpit, um, just kind of hang out in, you know, like like Flight Six Six Six, like the big jet that he flies the band in. But I was thinking, mm-hmm. how cool would it be to like fly in something else, like a British uh, warplane from World War Two? Ah, like like something oh, okay. that's when really you... unique. You know, right, right. That would that would be cool. Yeah, you definitely you definitely couldn't wrong with that. When when you said flying with Steve Harris or Steve or uh, Bruce Dickinson, Bruce Dickinson, for 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 some reason I was thinking like gliders. The first oh. thing that came to my head are are those gliders and all that because that's definitely unique. Well, we can make paper airplanes you too. Know? That'd be funny. <laughs> paper airplane fight with bruce dickinson okay. there we go that would be pretty awesome quite honestly <laughs> it's all fun and games until someone loses an eye as the teacher said in third grade but mrs smith we're playing poke out your eye like what do you mean <laughs> but, and you know the whole time like if we were there throwing paper airplanes with bruce dickinson i know that one or both of us would be quoting, we shall defend our island, no matter what the cost shall be. In the air? In the sea? That's right. Oh, hey, hey, Bruce. Hey, Bruce. William and Orville say hi. Zing! Oh, shit. Oh, oh man. Wow. That, okay, that'd be fun. That'd be fun. Damn, that'd be fun. 
right. What else you got? Right on. Right on. I don't know if I'm going to top this, but um, big. I, I, I have pretty much every issue of the old Metal Maniacs. Oh, yeah. Okay. The last editor of of Metal Maniacs when, you know, Catherine Ludwig had unfortunately passed away. And that was a sad, sad day for metal. But Liz Severella Brennan, okay, she picked up the um, the mantle and kept radioactive or kept Metal Maniacs going for a number of years. And like kind kind of the same idea, like, let me join the staff for an issue, you know, let my creative, let me do some interviews and let me in on the, the editorial process and all that. It would have been amazing. And I know, I know Liz is now, you know, she's in the PR field and, and all that. So she's still, still very, very active amongst, uh, behind the scenes in the metal world. I can't, I, I, I can't imagine metal without her and if she hears this sorry sorry pal like i'm embarrassing you but yeah <laughs> like uh, uh i i i couldn't imagine you know because not to go too far you know be, behind the curtain but we've worked with her on many occasions behind the scenes doing interviews and all that so like when one of your heroes okay like sends you an email saying hey do you want to work together Okay, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I have to admit. One of the few times, and I've, over the years, you know, I've spoken to everyone from the Scorpions to Queensryche to, Hen to Henry Rollins. Very few times did I really get starstruck. And I was kind of that way, like, with, with that. But, yeah, obviously, Metal Maniacs. Near and dear to the heart forever, forever and ever. But man, you know, to contribute like an interview to to that fine rag at the time and just doing some behind the scenes stuff with her would have been I would have been off the hook. Yeah, and that's pretty Hell much yeah, it. Man. Pretty much it for me. What you got? All right. I got a couple more left. But before okay, I get into those, I have to ask. Um, every time you say Metal Maniacs, I think of a TV show, this cartoon called Animaniacs. Did you ever have that? <laughs> um, yeah, but that was a little after my time. I think I when when like like I I can see the the logo and a couple of the characters. I never watched it because I think I was a little too. That was more of a kids. Not oh, not not so... that I've given up. It, uh, no, no, yeah, not not that that matters because I still watch Bugs Bunny and Transformers cartoons. It, it's very know. much like Bugs Bunny, where the humor is for adults, but kids are going to watch it because it's animated, right? You know, and uh, like, uh, keep in mind, I don't think I've ever grown up yet, so <laughs> too old um, to grow up now. Every time there's a new cartoon out, I'm watching it. I didn't care how fucking old I was because I I love animation. Like I've always loved animation, mm -hmm. and cartoon, and comics, and you know all that sort of stuff. Because I'm a big fan of the art, and so the Animaniacs. Like when you kept saying Metal Maniacs, I keep thinking about the their theme song. Like we're Animaniacs. We've got baloney oh, right. in yeah. our slacks, which I'm like, what the hell is crazy? But he always had baloney, <laughs> you know. But 
one of the most famous um, things I remember from the Animaniacs that I loved is this squirrel grandma and her uh, grandchild, grandson, granddaughter, I'm not sure which, are at Woodstock. Oh, okay. And they do a tribute to um, Abbott Costello's Who's On First. It's like, <laughs> okay. what band is playing now? Who? The band uh, on stage. Who? Oh, okay. I got to check YouTube for this. This Dude, is good. It's, it's phenomenal. And they're like, <laughs> the name of the band is who? Yes. Yes? No. They're on later. Or it's like, <laughs> they're not playing the show or something like that. You know? Uh-huh. Dude, it's fantastic. Yeah, you need to check that out. All right. Uh, okay. Definitely. So with that, current Kiss drummer, Eric Singer. Okay. He is a fan of watches, and I would oh. love to go watch shopping with this guy. Mm-hmm. Like, just someplace where we can go check, because, like, I'm I'm still figuring figuring this out. Like, I've always loved watches, and I kind of stepped away for a number of years until I started listening to um, Let There Be Talk with Dean Del Rey, and he, every year he covers, like, Watch World and, you know, all that sort of stuff. Um. And he's always talking about these great watches. And I mean, Dean's talking about like $10,000 watches, $20,000 watches. I'm happy with a $300 watch. And I know for a lot of you, that's still expensive. But, you know, I've, I've been learning more things about watches. And, um, I found like a video interview with Eric Singer and he's got all these great, great classic watches. Um, but, and I can't remember if we talked about it on the show or not, but I'll bring it up again because I don't know if it's been found. But a watch that his mother gave him for graduation uh, was stolen. I believe that oh. is what it was. Wow. So, yeah. So, you know, everybody keep your keep your eyes and ears peeled. Check Facebook, see if it's been recovered. And if not, you know, always keep your eyes out. But, yeah, like, like that's I think that'd be a blast. I've owned two watches in my lifetime. When I was Mickey a little Mouse. kid, I had a, I had a Superman watch. <laughs> nice. And then into my early adulthood from Burger King, I had a Princess Leia watch. Oh, that's Star Wars. And I wish, wish, oh, I wish I still had them both. Yeah, I I had a Yoda watch. Oh, nice. Yep. Nice. I I've had I, so many different watches. I actually had a Pac Man watch that you could play Pac Man on. Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah, oh, loves geez. that one. Yeah. And there's yeah. so so many cool cool things. And I wish though, I wish somebody would have talked to me about watches, and I would have learned about automatic watches because my my biggest beef I've got some great watches, but they all take batteries. I'm like, well, this is a pain in the ass to change these things. Oh no doubt. Well, then I learned about the automatic watch that's self winding, and well, this is great. You know, and then John Caddick of Iron City Rocks, he's also really into watches and uh, much like myself, doesn't want to spend a ton of money on it. So, like, you know, we'll both buy like knockoff watches off of Wish.com. And I had this cool watch that I liked that's a knockoff of like like a, a real watch. Um, but I said to John, I'm like, yeah, I love this thing, but I don't like the band. He's like, change it. I'm like, how do you change the band? He's like, dude, it's not hard. Here's what you do. He told me everything to get the kits and everything. I put a sweet band on there, and it's one of my favorite watches now. And it cost me maybe 25 bucks. Nice. Know? But 
the great thing about automatic is that it self-winds. So as you move, you don't have to wind it. It just recharges itself. So there's no batteries, none of that stuff. So, yeah, watches. <laughs> I dig them. Last thing. And, uh, okay. Um, this is something that has been on my mind for a while, right? E- ever since I got to interview this man on the Anthrax tour bus, but Rob Caggiano. I would love the chance to hang with him in the studio for a day and watch him produce and record a band. Mm-hmm. I just, I had such a great time talking to him about music and music production and just his approach to things. And it, it was such a great conversation. I'm like, man, that would be a phenomenal hang being in the studio with him in his environment, just shutting up, sitting in the back, flying the wall, and just learn and absorb. Just wow, I think that'd be a great time. Oh no, for sure, for sure. I'm, I'm surprised I didn't, I didn't think of that either, or myself, because it's just, just a number of wicked uh, metal producers over the years. You know, like the stories they must have. You know, and and not not even talking about gear and getting into the whys and wherefores, but just dealing with some of your bands, good, bad, or different. You <laughs> yeah, <know>? yeah. <laughs> like it just every every producer, you know, could could probably write a book, you know, just of just this shit thing. This shit they got to go through. I'm just trying to make a living here, man. Get your coke off the board. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is that it? That's it, man. That's it. Okay. Well, let's get into some cool tunes here. Let's. How, how about a nasty savage song? Remember when it. we? Yeah, yeah. When we had nasty Ronnie on last year, we did a deep dive into the back catalog. How about something a little newer, shall we say? Their latest record. Psycho, Psycho, this is the immortal Nasty Savage with Hell Unleashed. Deep 
Shining Wizards is the greatest wrestling podcast of all time. Don't believe me? Tune in and check us out. We laugh, we cry, we interview some of the greatest people in professional wrestling, and we have some of the greatest segments of all time, including everyone's favorite wrestling game show, Can You Beat That? We're live 6.50 p.m. East on Monday nights on all social media platforms, 
And we're with you wherever you go on every single streaming and podcasting platform as well. Check us out. Go over to ShiningWizards.com and join us for some wrestling talk and talk about wrestling. G'day guys, my name is Thomas, one half of the Broadcast Podcast. With our podcast, we go back and watch wrestling events from WWE, WWF, WCW, ECW, AEW, and many other wrestling promotions. You can check us out on Twitter at the Broadcast. That's T H E B R O K A S T. And you can also download all episodes on Apple Podcast, Castbox, Castro, and many other podcast apps. What's up, everyone? When on the Shining Wizards Network, be sure to check out Wrestling Night in Canada. If we're not recording another kick-ass podcast... Or playing in punk bands. Or recording kick-ass heavy metal albums. Then we're sitting back, we're grabbing a couple brews, and going over everything to do in the world of pro wrestling. Because we're from Winnipeg, you idiots.
Now, when you think of Hell's Headbangers, obviously, you know, you're thinking of, you know, scary-ass black metal and brutal death metal and just all that. Every once in a while, though, like something a little out of the box comes, uh, they kind of surprise us with. And a little later on this summer, Punk Rockers Rotten UK will drop their latest record, Age of a chaos looking forward to that because like i said they're fish they're fish out of water but they sound oh so good that is decolonization check that out can't wait till that record is out and hopefully maybe 10 years from now we'll uh revisit this subject and we'll have some cool stories to talk about with uh, the band in our latest Indie Spotlight. We're always on the lookout for fresh new talent. Check out this Indie Spotlight. Once again, when you think Finland, okay, in the terms of metal underground, you know, you're thinking death metal, you're thinking black metal, you're thinking of and all that. Every once in a while, really cool hard rock band comes out of the woodwork. And sure enough, I want to introduce everyone to Magic Touch. Magic ending with a K. And I was just, this is one of, this is a snowy discovery. It's a band, didn't come across my desk. It's just kind of pissing around on the interwebs. This sounds really good. I think we'll tap them for an indie spotlight next time out. And the time is now. So once again, all the way from Finland, this is Magic Touch from their latest release, Cakes and Coffins, gotta love that title. This is Guillotine Dreams.
Magic, ending with a K, magictouch.bandcamp.com, facebook.com slash magictouch, all one word, obviously. Great stuff, great stuff. Well, my friend, once again, another um, another wicked episode in the books, and, you know, uh, the continuation of another awesome weekend, but unfortunately, we have to bring this crazy train into the station. But a little later on, um, Season of Mist recording artists Cloak will uh, be coming through town, and I can't wait to see them to get us on out of here. Let's drop a track. From their Season of Mist uh, 2019 record, Burning Dawn, let's go with Tempter's Call. How can uh, people get a hold of us? Uh, well, Dear Snowman, Facebook.com slash RadMetal, Instagram at RadMetal666, RadMetal666 at gmail.com to drop us a line. RadioactiveMetal.org. I totally froze there for a second. Yeah, RadioactiveMetal.org. That's all the episodes past, present, and future. You can find us on iTunes, Spreaker, Stitcher, whatever. If you can find a podcast, you can find us, including Spotify. And the reason we're on Spotify is thanks to the fine folks, the Shining Wizards Network. ShiningWizardsNetwork.com. Whole host of podcasts are out there. Um, just you know, lifestyle, wrestling podcast, music podcast like us. It's a blast. Go out there. Fine, fine uh, bunch of folks there. And there's even a podcast called A Wrestling Night in Canada where one mm-hmm. of the hosts sounds just like Snowy. It's weird. Yeah, yeah. Very bizarre. Kind of like a, uh, maybe like the multiverse, okay, is, is kind of a big thing in the Marvel and the DC and... and and all that. I think there's a multiverse snowy out there. Yeah, and we as can well, tell them doing... apart because this one has a goatee like in Star Trek. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. Um, thank you. In the meantime and in between time, that's it. This has been a bucket list episode of Radioactive Metal. I'm Snowy White. And this is Aaron. Signing off.